Hello and a very warm welcome to today's episode of City Parents Talk. I'm Anna Richards from City Parents and today we're going to be talking about birth trauma with my guest Liz Poole. Traumatic births are of course a topic that can be very emotive and sensitive especially for those who may have experienced this kind of trauma so it's important that we start with a trigger warning for anyone who might feel affected by the issues that we're going to be discussing today. Liz's background is in nursing. She worked for the NHS for over 28 years. She was a children's sickness nurse in critical care and other areas including medical and surgical. In 2016 she set up her own business called Precious Moments and she's now an independent health visitor. She supports and advises new parents and their babies through birth trauma, perinatal mental health issues as well as baby massage and yoga, developing good bonds and attachment, improving baby's development and communication. So Liz thank you so much for joining me. It's clear you've got a very broad holistic view of becoming a parent and what that's like and I know you have a particular focus and specialism around birth trauma which is the topic that we're we're keen to focus on today. How did you come to having this particular area of focus? So well through all of my experiences and things like you've outlined you know through meeting children who've experienced trauma, through meeting parents who've experienced trauma, through my work in yoga and massage just because of how it manifests itself once it's kind of happened and then I also then had my own experiences so I had my first child in 2010 and that was my first experience so I suppose I didn't really know what to expect I hear the same things that I'm about to say from so many women who've then gone on to experience it so I went along with all the things that they told me needed to happen all the things they said they needed to do and had problems with my blood pressure so my baby needed to be induced at 36 weeks that was quite an invasive procedure in itself to do the induction it didn't go to plan so um long story short we ended up in theatre for a emergency c-section which at the time I don't think I felt particularly traumatized which again I hear from so many people but I think because you you feel like it's the process you feel like it's what's got to happen that the outcome is that you're going to get your baby and that you all just want to be safe and well and grateful at the end and that everyone's safe and well and okay so and then you get on and crack on looking after your baby and go back to work and all the other things that happen and then I had my second child in 2013 and started to notice during the pregnancy there were some similarities there were also some great differences but I started to notice a difference in my emotional health with those experiences with those triggers that obviously I now don't know them to be emotions and trauma from that first experience started to manifest themselves so I think then one thing led to another and my second experience sadly ended up being even worse and also ended up being with a c-section and my little ones ended up being resuscitated and my mental health was just not in a great place anyway before we even made it to theatre at that point far different to the first experience where I was excited and you know everything else and things were very different second time around so it lingered and lasted for a very long time afterwards and I didn't feel very supported and I didn't feel very listened to I didn't feel very heard and these are all things that I've heard so many ladies now say so I just developed this huge passion for wanting to make it different for other people that these things are still going to happen to people you know these experiences are still going to be there when it comes to pregnancy and childbirth but 
I feel the communication and support could be very different for people. And I feel some of the other outcomes and prolonged then effects of birth trauma could be very different. So that's where my passion started really to, you know, to make that difference really and to be that person that wasn't there for me and to have that education and that um, understanding. Because what I hear so often and what is certainly what I felt is that, you know, we, we all have our unique experience. Birth trauma is no one thing to anybody. It is what the person says it is, you know, and whether that's the woman in having the baby or their partner or whoever else is in the room, it is what they say that it is. And what tends to be the case is that it's not always the medical things that happen. It's how the people are made to feel. And it's it's that communication and that, and that feeling, that lack of control, that fear, that very real feeling that something tragic is going to happen to you, to your baby, to your partner. And that becomes a real feeling that is then the thing that leads on to the symptoms and signs and things of, of the trauma. So, yeah, so I just wanted to try really to make a big difference in some of these areas that could be prevented so that the traumatic experiences could be lessened, you know, could mm. be better or the recovery periods could be certainly quicker. Yeah, that's so interesting, Liz. And, and I love the way you describe that, that there isn't, you know, I was going to come on and, and ask you about kind of definitions and there isn't one, isn't there? You're so Not right. Really. And it's it's how you feel about it. And actually, any any normal birth inverted commas yeah. is a trauma anyway isn't it such a huge change in in your life so that you could consider the one that's on according to plan could still be deeply traumatic couldn't Absolutely. it it may um, not look it on paper but if yeah. that if those those people in that room you know say whether it's the laboring woman or it's the the partner in the room or the birth coach whoever happens to be there any one of those people can feel traumatized at any moment by something mm. someone said by a buzzer going off by, by yeah. anything yeah yeah I remember after having my firstborn my daughter and I remember going into a room and they talked to you a lot about cut death risk factors and I remember being so frightened by it I've just got this little life in your hands which of course you do and it's it's terrifying so yeah. how interesting Liz and, and good on you for setting out to help people yeah, learn from your own experiences incredibly yeah. powerful so what sort of scenarios do you hear about accepting that we can't define this perfectly what are the typical scenarios that people find traumatic I'm sure the one you've just described is fairly common not to make it uh, yeah, no, <laughs> easy no. but a fairly common one do you do you cover loss as well do you come absolutely so, you know it, we are going to be delving a bit more covering potentially triggering and upsetting yeah. subjects so again you know if people are triggered in any way by this that they please do seek help from such as pandas foundation or make support for dads or tommies or the birth trauma association there is some great sources out there for you to discuss anything with that may come up for you but yeah things that I went through induction itself can be but even before you get to that point some of the appointments like you say often it's the communication often it's the way things are said that can mm. have that traumatic sensation in a person and can leave them feeling you know particularly traumatized but yeah ladies that have had to have particularly invasive procedures or they've had to have sweeps or you know they've taken bad news by themselves or they've gone to a scan by themselves and something has come up then and again it's that like you say it's that feeling so you know if you take your bad news or somebody says something that you don't fully understand or they don't fully take the time to explain to you and you feel a bit 
at a loss your brains are funny things you know they they come put they put things in different places and we you know we have our subconscious and our conscious and the way that we process information it varies greatly and so one person can take the same piece of information very very differently and particularly with covid people were by themselves so they can be in their scan perhaps told to come back you know for another day but oh we've we've found x y and z on your scan or we've seen this or we've seen that and they make it sound quite matter of fact and then you know on your way go we'll see you in a couple of weeks you've got no partner there you've got no one there to discuss it with you've got no time to ask questions so you go on google or something you know and you start terrifying yourself about that thing that they've said and then you go back to your next appointment and again during covid particularly and somewhat in some places still now go back by yourself and then the news could be different so that in itself can be quite traumatizing just hearing hearing things during those appointments while you're waiting to look if there's if your baby's okay if their heart is all it you know all those things that they look for in your scans and things so those appointments can be but then yes you touched on baby loss obviously so again if you're having a baby post a baby loss then again that triggering experience going into that same hospital potentially where you maybe had your scan where you had that devastating news that something had happened to your baby and you're then going to that same hospital maybe even into the same room to have your scan again for your next baby that can be incredibly difficult for people and to to think that people have potentially had that experience as well during covid and been by themselves that's really hard and that that's the lead into that their pregnancy and often how we experience our pregnancy and how positive we feel how our mindset is and things in our pregnancies can then lead on to what our birth is like and it can impact on our birth you know so we could potentially have quite a straightforward if you like but with some of these difficult appointments then affect our mindset in our in our delivery so ketosis, serotonin the things that we need for that lovely birth if we've then got cortisol and adrenaline and all of those hormones around because of the fear and the things that happen to us our pregnancy it can massively impact on our birth which can then lead to a traumatic birth that may not have happened in the first place had we have been more relaxed and more supported and more empathy and understanding and things like that and then another thing that I come across again that's just we're scratching the surface barely even but people when they've had inductions or when they've had to have sweeps or you know they've been informed that they need to have a midwife check how far dilated they are things like that you know some of these experiences can then lead on to ladies being traumatized to the point that they then can't even bear to bring themselves to have their cervical smears and things afterwards because the experiences that they've had have been so invasive and sometimes so out of their control where they felt they haven't had a choice that they've been forced into some of those situations that then they feel traumatized so it can affect their future medical care and, mm. and things like that and again I think during COVID there was quite a bit more of that because again sadly a lot of units said that ladies needed to be at a certain part of their labor for the partners to be there so therefore needed more examinations and things like that and of course partners needed covid tests so there was a timing issue so i think there was a lot more of that during that time which hasn't always been positive for some people and again the isolation and things like that you know that kind of come from it separation from baby post-delivery if the baby's been premature again that's that in itself is quite a scary experience that you're suddenly in labor and you're far too soon and then your baby gets whisked away from you and perhaps don't see them for quite some time for all of the family and that can be quite a, a difficult time and then obviously the lady be it what condition she's in however she is then 
you know, her baby is in a, another unit, sometimes they even get taken to a different hospital. If you've been in theatre, you know, you're still being dealt with yourself and still being kind of cared for yourself. You can't instantly go and be with your baby. So those kind of situations as well can be quite traumatising. And again, then returning to some of those places and some of those experiences can be quite triggering, even if it's to visit a friend or a family member. So again, it could be a particularly happy time that you happen to go back to one of these places, but it triggers something that you experienced and can just kind of get you from nowhere and really impact on on the rest of your life actually and on, on all sorts of things but yeah so it's not always instrumental births and bleeding and and all those horrific things that that do happen and can happen it's not always those things that leave somebody traumatized you know it can be yeah, quite yeah. surprising and again I think even mums who've had babies sometimes don't understand that because if their birth went quite well and then what the person's describing doesn't sound particularly different to what they experienced yet that person feels you know, particularly traumatized but then even another mother sometimes doesn't understand how how you feel traumatized so again that lack of support and that lack of understanding even in a friend or family member who's had a baby sometimes just isn't there so that can leave you feeling quite isolated unsupported lonely you know along with all the other feelings and symptoms that you get for your trauma very interesting Liz so, yeah it's, it's a, it's so a difficult yeah difficult but I say we're literally scratching the surface but I don't want to delve too deep and like leave people fearing having a baby or anything because no. it's beautiful and it is amazing and it's it not it doesn't always go this way you know it's not always a bad experience you're so right Liz we don't want to be looking at all the negatives but this is this is a topic that we want to explore and and I'm glad we're being brave to talk about some of it but I, I agree I think you've given us some some good examples there and you've articulated very well how this can manifest itself and how the problems can last you talked about unprocessed emotions and feelings and obviously what those triggers can then look like what's your what's your positive advice then how do you help mums or families indeed who have been through a trauma of some kind around birth what's the way to help people process and and move forward in a positive way do you think yeah well I think the main things particularly if you're not a professional you know, if you've got a friend a colleague somebody coming to you to speak about you know um, their experience their birth or it's just to as I say believe what they're saying validate what they're saying and we hear a lot of oh but your baby's here they're healthy they're fine you know you're right and and yes they are but it doesn't take away what has happened and you know a, a woman who's dependent upon what that experience has been as well to get this beautiful baby here who we all you know we even a very traumatized lady, every parent loves their baby. How, whatever they're saying, however they're experiencing something postnatally, if they've got a difficulty bonding as a result of this or anything, they still love their baby immensely. And I think to relay that to a parent, that you can see how much they love their baby, that you can see how it's affected them, to guide them towards a midwife, a health visitor, a GP, or the Birth Trauma Association or Pandas Foundation or somebody, you know, and, and guide them towards where they can go. I mean, me as a professional, you know, obviously when I was supporting them, I would talk to them about their experience and their feelings quite significantly. But again, relaying, you know, just validating their feelings that no matter what someone else's experience is or no matter how, because again, I think as women, when we explain these situations and circumstances, we almost find ourselves having to justify what we're saying. And, oh, I know that it's not as bad as some people, but you know or 
yes, I know I've got my baby and I wanted my baby so much. They feel guilty, you know, because they really wanted their baby. They've been excited about having their baby. Potentially they may have had baby losses, IVF. Their babies are very wanted and then they feel guilty because they're feeling traumatised, they're feeling low, they're feeling stressed, they're feeling hypervigilant. You know, they're feeling all of that anxiety and panic and low mood and, you know, struggling to bond with their babyhood. And again, potentially for some of these ladies, we say about triggers and things postnatally, you know, be it a buzzer going or a room or a, a situation, but it can also be their baby. You know, so the very person that they want to love with every ounce of their being is reminding them of what they've just gone through. Mm. Um, so it can be really hard for them. So again, you know, having somebody there to appreciate that and support them with that and say, it's it's okay, I, I'm here and I will help you. Not be forceful with them in, you know, because again, I think sometimes our families can see that we're struggling to bond with our babies or that we're having a difficulty. And can almost be a little bit forceful with us and again it just adds to our guilt because we're not doing it on purpose we haven't chosen to feel this way and we want more than anything not to feel this way so if people were a bit more openly supportive of of that feeling and, and validating it you know and ladies can have nightmares and flashbacks um and again can just avoid situations and it's not that they're avoiding the situation for particular reasons but it can simply be that it's going to remind them of what they've been through so again there can be a very real fear of going to a particular place for a particular appointment for a medical procedure you know even if it's the fact that they need to have some medical procedures to help them if they've got if they've been injured in their in their birth to repair the injury and things like that even those things that everyone outside outwardly can see are needed for someone that's gone through that trauma can be very triggering you know even if they need an operation for something down the line that's not related to pregnancy birth just the feeling that they're going to be anesthetized they're going to be out of control the control thing's a very big one because we have to feel very out of control particularly if we have an epidural we can't move we're very much at the hands of the people that are they're telling us what we need sometimes not asking often telling so again if we're ever in a situation of that so again if you're supporting somebody be very careful of the words that you choose and how you say something because again if they feel like they're they're not being heard they're not being listened to they're just being told that also can make them quite angry and the anger can be quite outward anger often frustration they can appear like they're being quite angry with you and quite short-tempered but it's it's the anxiety it's the trauma it's not that they're actually being that way that and I think for a partner or a family member that can be quite difficult because mm. they, they can see the change in the attitude of, of their loved one and it can be quite a hard one I think sometimes for them to understand and do you on on that note Liz do you see dads do you get to come across the the partner I suppose it might not necessarily be the, uh, the father it might be another female do you see mm-hmm. other members of the family be, being traumatized by some of these situations as well yeah absolutely again trauma is you would think coming back to PTSD which again a lot of these ladies have and again there's a difference between postnatal depression and the PTSD that can sometimes come from birth trauma there is a difference between birth trauma mm. postnatal depression that can come hand in hand symptoms can be very much the same but that can come from witnessing something as well as experiencing it so you don't have to be the person 
having the experience you can simply be witnessing it and obviously we hear a lot about that with combat and war and the forces and think you know that they experience things but they also witness things and it's exactly the same in childbirth and again the figures are you know quite high really I mean in total like with women the women that have experienced the birth trauma there's over 30,000 women a year that experience birth trauma so obviously they've got somebody in that room with them so a partner family member or husband etc can be shoved out of the room quite often if something changes and if there's nobody close by that they can see on a corridor to ask what's going on nobody explains anything to them because it's all quite rushed it's all quite urgent often so again their thoughts you know they can have very real bodily feelings and thoughts that there's going to be you know a tragedy that their baby or their partner may die and that's very real for them that that feeling and even when you know happily we have an outcome where that hasn't happened most of the time that can still be sitting with them so they can then experience the flashbacks the nightmares the hypervigilance checking on their baby checking on their partner waking up with a, an absolute startle that actually sometimes they didn't even mean to go to sleep because they sort of often they just stare at their partner and their baby you know and won't actually want to go to sleep because they're too terrified something's it's going to happen to them but I've heard that these particular stories from dads where they've been too scared to then check in the bassinet or the cot because they're imagining worst and, and it's very real to them. And then that can lead on to postnatal depression in them too and other mental health and vulnerabilities and conditions and things. Somebody rushing in the room, pushing the buzzer, all of that stuff and being out of control, you know, seeing their partner in pain. Sadly, sometimes seeing lots of blood loss if if the lady's hemorrhage or there's been a placenta issue and things and yeah it's it's quite horrific for them sometimes too mm. and often in those situations sometimes the lady is is blissfully unaware to some of it they're watching it all and sometimes I think the women might be slightly better prepared mentally mm. for it I'm thinking about when either parent for that matter mm. goes back to work obviously the the switch has flipped it feels very strange sort of heading back to you know perhaps an office environment perhaps from working from home environment we don't know mm. more and more of the latter the moment, these yeah. days but still it's going back into that work mindset and you know that some of these these triggers and these symptoms have you described I'm sure you know could could continue do you have advice for a parent who felt that way or possibly a colleague who was aware maybe that the birth wasn't as straightforward as they thought or perhaps it did appear that way but they just feel that something's mm. not quite mm. right and and how they might be able to help I think what's really important is just to have a really open culture in a workplace where people do feel safe to talk about things and having, I mean, I know some workplaces are incredibly good at having an actual department for parents, be them Mm. expected parents or returning to work parents. Some are extremely good with the wellbeing support that's available. But again, the HR department and, you know, the occupational health departments and things are always a a place to go. I think having making them feel welcome to be back as well because they're feeling quite vulnerable and you know sometimes we feel quite judged and like people are going to think suddenly we're incapable of doing the job that we once did incredibly well and we're not we're still going to come back so I think allowing people the time that they potentially need but not making assumptions and asking really and going with what they say so again not making assumptions and offering the support letting them know that that you're there having a bit of mindfulness really on situations again if there is a board meeting where there's going to be a crowd they're going to be into a room potentially with the door closed just being mindful of things like that even and if they start to see their colleague fidgeting or feeling a bit you know 
uncomfortable just to perhaps open the door or if they look like they want to sit in a particular place let them rather than suggest come and sit here next to me or come and head this or do that you know if they're looking like they're happier in a certain place or position allow it um, because again a particular room place environment could be that that it's reminding them so sitting close to the door having the door it may just be the the one little thing that they need to cope with that and enable that to be able to happen because everyone when we come back to work I say we because obviously I, I experienced it we want to go back to what things were like and often that's not possible because we've gone through what we've gone through and these things are going to be there so we're off beating ourselves up actually and feeling quite about lack of control whereas we want to control everything we want to come back and be just as we were before and then when these things happen it's not what we planned it's not how we want it to be we want it to be easy we want it to be just the same as it was before and when it isn't it can be quite frustrating and then if people treat us differently as well it just kind of makes us well it just kind of makes us think that we're right <laughs> you know if people start to treat us differently all those thoughts that we had that potentially weren't actually true but then when people start to treat us differently just in our heads it's like no I'm right people do think I'm not going to be able to do this anymore but that's not the case I think don't be ashamed of relapses having an awareness if you're in a supporting role potentially in your workplace having an awareness of of these things for the men and the women and how they potentially manifest themselves differently so you know are they avoiding going home even particularly without being too stereotypical but often men who don't know what to say or how to handle something will just kind of stay at work because they're earning the money they're supporting the family they're doing the kind of thing that often they're told to do I mean even sometimes in the hospitals often the men are told oh they need you you need to stand up you need to be this and you need to be that and actually sometimes they don't feel like that but they've then had that put into their heads that okay I, I do need to do this I can't crumble I can't show that I'm bothered by this I can't be upset so they work even harder sometimes if you're seeing a colleague overly present check on them are they okay can they take a break are they avoiding something you know if you've seen a change in their behavior be it the mother that's had the baby or the partner if any subtle change in their behavior just kind of be aware of them and ask them if they're okay but ask them twice and be ready for the answer make yourself available for the truth rather than just yeah yeah I'm fine you know make yourself a safe person that someone can actually tell the truth to and yeah ask them if they're okay and ask them twice and don't be scared to be the person that, that reaches into them rather than waiting for you know we hear this reaching out thing a lot but sometimes people that have had these experiences don't feel strong enough or able enough to reach out whereas somebody reaching in and making that conversation available is sometimes what they need in order to be able to then open up and reach out being ready to just kindly direct them to a department in the workplace or if they've had a friend or if they've listened to this podcast oh I heard this or I listened to this and and actually I think if you visit this support network or your GP I think this would be really helpful to you or I heard another person who'd experienced something especially if the person has opened up about something um rather than again oh you're all right you're back at work now forget about it kind of thing signpost them to something that that is helpful be it pandas uk be it a birth trauma coach like me be it with the birth trauma association be it a department in in the workplace like i say some of the workplaces have specific departments and they're fabulous for it so just gently having that conversation as well with them and if you have a similar experience sharing it with them but not comparing it in such a way that makes them feel like you're trying to say yours was worse there's no competition 
There's no experience that was worse or better. Shared experiences are powerful and make such a difference and enable people to open up in such a remarkable way without making them feel guilty though that your experience was worse. So what have I got to feel bad about? Yeah. Such wise words, Liz. I think you're so you're so right. And I think particularly, particularly in a corporate environment, I think people are getting a bit better and a bit braver. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think COVID's had a bit bit of a role to play on that, hasn't it? It's acknowledged people's got personal lives and yeah. and and I think people do share a bit more, but that very wise warning over comparisons which can be very dangerous I think and I love that ask people if they're okay and ask them twice I think that's fantastic written that down I'm going to remember that and be ready for the truth it's a big Mm. question you can't be just rushing off you've got to be ready to listen fantastic advice Liz are there any final points you'd like to make I'm definitely going to add to our notes a couple of those resources you've mentioned Pandas UK Mm. Birth Trauma Association and any others you recommend I'll put those in in case anybody is looking for a support of this kind any final thoughts before we we invest so much when we're having a baby we get so excited about the practicalities and the clothes and the cot and the pram and we don't think about our emotional health we don't think about our relationship we don't think about how things like that are going to change so I think you know sometimes investing in those things you know looking at antenatal classes that cover the emotional stuff as well as the practical stuff you know beyond birth are a great resource for doing things like that and covering the mental side of things and how it's going to impact on your relationship because again somebody that's had a trauma the, the sexual relationship can massively change as well because they're so fearful of having another baby that they, they just avoid having sex in the first place so the relationship can be massively affected whether you're a man or a woman just you know being kind to yourself not putting expectations on yourself not living up to unrealistic idealized pictures and and images that we kind of put upon ourselves that we should do allow yourself to experience what you're experiencing and be kind and take time Fantastic. Wonderful advice. Thank you, Liz, for taking the time to talk to me today. I found it so interesting, very thoughtful and moving as well. And I'm sure our members will have done too. And thank you to everyone who has listened to our conversation today. If you'd like to find out more about City Parents, do visit us at cityparents.co.uk. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, and you can stay tuned for more from City Parents Talk coming soon. Goodbye. (laughs) 